sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leak. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brand. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Underdog. Chris Howardale joined by Anshu Khan. Anshu. Chris. What's going on? Not too much. Ready for uh, week two. Oh, so good. I It can't be as bad as week one, which is what I'm looking forward to here. But we do play the Rams, so who knows, maybe. Mm. Ooh. Good, good That's times. That's a good matchup. Yeah. Well, I have got Bavada Sportsbook open in front of me, and uh, let's do some lines for this week. Uh, start Thursday night. Battle of the number ones. The Cincinnati Bengals head to Cleveland to take on the Cleveland Browns, and Bovada has those Browns minus six. Whoa, really? Yeah. Wow, I'm all over the Bengals there. I had, I was gonna, I thought, I thought pick them maybe. That look, the Bengals. We talked about it last show, but I think the Bengals should have won that game against the Chargers. To me, the Chargers are clearly as good as the Browns, if not better, and so. Mm-hmm. I do, ex- which is not a compliment. No, at this point. no, it's not. Um, but I do expect a little bit more uh, out of Cleveland. I think it's going to be a good game. But I look, Joe Burrow looked every bit the part of a number one pick in my mind in his first game. Like it's amazing uh, on the last two drives for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, that offensive line is a mess and was tested in a mm-hmm. big way against maybe the best edge rushing deal in the league. So I, th- I think that you know, I like. This team is only going to get better. I don't think that they're like a playoff team or anything, but I do think that they're, you know, Burroughs got it, you know, and it's amazing how high expectations are for him. Like people just assume that he's going to come in and be LSU Burrow. And he, you know, what he was and, you know, what he was was great, but also what AJ Green looked like was pretty great too. Mm -hmm. So pretty impressive. Um, What I was going to ask you at the end of our last show was you know mm-hmm. you went through Tankathon and the you know the pro- yeah. projected picks and I just wonder like if the Browns were to get a top three pick this year like that obviously assumes that things have not gone well with Bur- with uh, Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. are they taken say it's not number one because I think that that's pretty much a no brainer but do you bail mm-hmm. on Mayfield already for for Justin Fields or Trey Lance well I mean. It's already is is getting further and further into his career. This is year three. It's not like this is year two. Right. Baker's you know twenty five at this point. The the interceptions continue to be a problem. The thing that the thing that gets me, and maybe this changes over the course of the year. Maybe this is just a, this team looked demoralized playing a, against you know probably the second best team in the AFC and maybe the second best team in football in the Ravens, but. I don't I don't see the team react to Baker like they did that first season. Mm-hmm. That first season he was electric and the team loved mm-hmm. him. This this year I don't get they that. Seem kind I, of tired. I don't I agree with you. Yeah, and I and I kind of think that Baker and Odell hate each other a little bit. So you ask an interesting question though because you're right. It's a no-brainer if they're in a position to take Trevor Lawrence then yeah, you you trade Baker for <clears throat> whatever you can, whatever draft capital you can and you move on. He can fulfill my prediction that he's the next quarterback of the New England Patriots. Oh my but God. 
Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I tell you what. I love Trey Lance. I love Trey Lance. I wish we could watch Trey Lance play a season of football. Mm. Uh, that that really hurts. That I re- desperately wanted to see a matchup against Oregon that that first or second week of the season. That was going to be a fascinating test. It looks more and more likely that we're going to get Big Ten football probably sooner rather than later, if you're uh, believing what we're hearing today. Fields, man, you know, given the problems that Lamar Jackson causes for them in Baltimore, I think adding Justin Fields might be too hard to pass up. Mm. Local kid, too. Yeah, and he, but he adds that other element to an offense that, that Baker Mayfield just doesn't give them right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it yet because there's like, but it, there's so much time left. And it's, but at the same time, like you said, it's, it's year three. And, you know, this is a number one pick. There's a guy who, by his own admission, it was drafted to be a culture changer. And he mm-hmm. doesn't feel like he's there. Like he, I'm sure he wants to be. And I, I just, I don't, for whatever reason, it just has not connected. It's almost like adding more weapons has made him less bakery you know like less yeah. less what he was um as like an upstart rookie and so i think that that's i, I mean obviously you always want to add talent to someone if you can um but it's i i don't know i think that it's it's a totally fair concern and i like it would not surprise me if they go a different direction. i think it'd be it'd be tough for them to do it because it would be admitting failure but within you front office and everything I exactly to uh to say like hey this isn't our problem this year was a mess. We right. didn't have our guy, um, and so yeah. I mean, I I think it's I think it's a fascinating theme to watch, and I, I know like this that would assume that the Browns are horrible too. Don't forget that. Like that's if yeah. you're in the top, if you're in position to draft land, let's just assume it's a top three to five pick. That means you've gone, you know, four and twelve, five and eleven. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it probably means the Bengals have finished ahead of you. All those things combined would make it a uh, a really tough pill to swallow for for Browns fans, I'm sure. Well, honestly, the worst case for the Browns probably is to pick six or seven. Yeah, because in in that scenario, you're still terrible, but you don't have the option of adding one of those top quarterbacks. And you know, a, as funny as it would be for them to add yet another LSU wide receiver to the mm. team, I don't know that Jamar Chase is going to be the guy that gets that that ship righted. You know, they already have theoretically two good cornerbacks in, in Greedy and Denzel. So Patrick Sertain is a little bit redundant, even if Greedy does have some issues staying on the field. And then you're talking about, you know, are you taking Dylan Moses after not watching him play football for two years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that's obviously so far away. But yeah, that's it's a bad spot to be in. But I mean, is it a, not? Look, they they probably at that point you want to have a higher pick, even if you're not giving up on Baker. It's it's an asset to move, you know, for other stuff down the line potentially. So, yeah, it's it's like I just I I you know the writing feels like it's a little on the wall right now after week one. Again, don't want to react too harshly, but it's it's not the start you want. You know, there's there's bad there's weirdness with Beckham, there's weirdness with Mayfield. There that defense did not come to play against the team that they saw twice last year. It just didn't feel good at all in any way for the Browns. And, uh, you yeah. know, if they lose to the Bengals, I think that, that that's it, there's going to be a lot of clamoring in Cleveland for uh, maybe not for mm. Mayfield, but just for something better for sure. Well, I asked the question during the game last week when we were watching, would this offense look better right now with Case Keenum at quarterback? Yeah. I'm, and it's 
you have to start thinking about that because I'm not saying you're making the change right now, but like he's a professional quarterback who knows what he's doing. Baker seems like he's just he's never been the same player. I don't know if he's in his own head ever since that rookie year where he just kind of played football, kind of like he did at Oklahoma. Now he's overthinking and Baker's not a guy who's going to succeed by overthinking. I agree completely with that. I think that, you know, he mentioned they they talked about it in um, there was a presser today, I believe. Um, earlier earlier this week about you know just like you and Beckham don't seem to be on the same page you you know why is that and he admitted it like yeah we are just not on we are not in sync and you know it's it's one thing if it's last year and you trade for him there's no preseason and whatever but you've had a whole whole year two off seasons now and you know like at some point you just got to get your stuff together you know and it doesn't feel like they're there and I think that that's if anything that's that's a real negative against both those guys. Well, and it looks even worse if if Mayfield gets hurt or something like that. And then that next game with Keenum starting, Odell goes for like, you know, nine catches for a buck 40. Right, right. And you know that that's well within the, you know, that's what they traded for to be that guy. And he has just done, what, maybe one game like that in his entire career. Yeah. I don't don't even know if he's had a game that big. But before we get back to the games, I I just want to ask you this, because this, this, Let's say that I want to say they're picking two because this is the scariest spot in the draft for me. What do you do? Because I feel like this is a 50-50 coin flip for which one of these guys is going to be the better pro if you're looking for a quarterback. If you're the Browns or just if you're if you're anybody else. If if you are the if you are the Browns, you're looking for a quarterback. Are you and and don't forget, there's going to be added pressure on Justin Fields if he stays in Ohio. Yeah, I I need to watch more of Trey Lance, but. As of today, I mean, like, I think Fields is probably the guy. And honestly, if I'm the Browns, I'd be, I'd be looking at what it would take to, you know, what teams are willing to offer either for Mayfield or for that pick, just to figure it out. Because like, I know that this current front office didn't take Mayfield number one, but I would like, I would think that teams are still relatively high on him. So assuming his value, you know, how much is there uh, with one year, two years left on his deal? And, you know, and, you know, if not, then what would people be willing to trade up for number two the way the Eagles did for Carson Wentz a few years ago? You know, if, is it like yeah. just that massive hole where you give Baker one last chance? And if not, you know, you've got multiple picks in the subsequent drafts to to find that next guy with. I think that that's probably the direction I would likely lean in. But if you're making me pick a guy. Gun to head, it's probably Fields right now. Oh, it's probably Lance for me, but that's it's cool. a a tough position to be in. And it's, that team's so talented, I have a hard time believing that they're going to be in that spot at the end of the season. No, they. I, I would be completely shocked. It would take, like, even if Mayfield were to get hurt, like they have, you know, like you said, they have Keenum, maybe the best backup in the league, two really good running backs who were the only bright spot yeah. in that game. You know, you got Miles Garrett on defense. You've got a couple other pieces. They spent a ton this offseason. They're not looking to tank. And I, I don't, I, yeah, we just spent like 10 minutes talking about them having a top three pick. I'd be absolutely shocked if that's. The well, in the other bright spot on the defensive side of the ball, Larry Ogunjobi with the highest uh, individual defensive score uh, from PFF week one. And uh, number two, by the way, this is, I've, I talk like, oh, I don't know, PFF, you can't, you can't trust that. In this case, I'm going to believe it entirely. Josh Sweat, Philadelphia Eagles defensive end, the second highest rated player from PFF wow. last week. He's a superstar now. Yeah. And as he is rated one spot above Aaron Donald, <laughs> that makes me believe he is better than Aaron Donald. Excited for his career moving forward. 
No <laughs> argument here. Let's get back to this, though. The Atlanta Falcons head to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys. Bovada has the Cowboys minus four and a half. I like the Falcons. I like the Falcons get, catching four and a half there. I know mm-hmm. the Cowboys could have easily won, if not for that dubious OPI at the end of the game on Gallup. But I, I like. I think that yep. this Falcons team also showed some good signs against the Seahawks at times, and they just didn't convert in the end zone, into the end zone. And so I think that that's something that, you know, that seems somewhat fluky to me, although they had issues with that last year, too. Um, I just think they're going to score more touchdowns. I, I expect this to be a, a super high-scoring game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I like the Falcons to cover that. Where'd you stand on the OPI call? Yeah, it was it was a bad call. I mean, it was it was a horrible <sighs> call. Ramsey completely, I th- completely you know, fake that, I think. I try to take my bias out of it. I don't think it was the most egregious push-off ever. I do certainly think there was some push-off. It was bad. Now, was it <laughs> exacerbated by Jalen Ramsey's acting abilities? Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I don't... Up I next... I the Cowboys either, don't get me wrong. I, I bet the Rams, I was all over them. I think that they're, you know, the mm-hmm. most underrated team in football this year coming in. And so I, I was all about the Rams, but that felt uh, like a gift. You know what's scary? Aaron Donald just keeps getting better and better and better. He is oh a God. game wrecker at defensive tackle. He's insane. He's insane. He's in, he's yeah. He's like so far above every other defensive player in the league right now, especially yep. with Von Miller hurt. It's just un, unbelievable. It's I don't know how you game plan for that guy. And luckily, it's Philadelphia Eagles and Matt Pryor that get to deal with it this week. Good, good luck. Yeah. The oh Buffalo Bills head to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins. Bavada has the Dolphins plus six. Yeah, I, I first of all, um, they had to come out this week and say that Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback this week, which is a tough. It's always a yeah. bad sign when Brian Flores has to come out and do that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know that's going to be a theme as long as he's not you know just killing it basically because of Tua. And so yeah, I mean, look, this Bills team right now, like they're they're bum slayers. Like we saw it with the Jets. I expect it completely here with the Dolphins. I really, I mean, I just, they, they, their floor is so high, you know, like even with Josh Mm -hmm. Allen, like I just, I think that, and he, by the way, he played pretty well despite a couple just hilarious gaffes that made their rounds on Twitter. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the bills right now. Like I think that in every game that's not against the Patriots and division, I'm going to take them almost regardless of what the spread is. So I'm, I'm about the bills this week. Wow, those are those are some big words, and it's also worth pointing out that the Jets looked like the worst team in football week one. Yeah, but uh, I would agree with that. How'd you feel? You know, pretty good uh, debut for the Josh Allen Stephon Diggs combo. Yeah, Diggs looked good. Um, you know, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss look like a pretty potent duo. Obviously, the defense played as you'd expect, and yeah, I mean, it's just you. The stats show that Josh Allen's taken yet another step. I just that's that that first ground floor was so low in my mind that yeah. even if he's improving, it's like Kirk Cousins was, you know, like Kirk Cousins got better like every single year statistically, but it's, it's tough to know like if he ever makes that one last step into being a Super Bowl champion quarterback. I don't, I don't see that on Josh Allen's resume at any point, but you know, he's, he's definitely starting to bang the door down as like a top 10 type. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And by the way, for as bad as uh, we talked about Rob Gronkowski looking earlier in the week, Le'Veon Bell may also just be cooked at this point. Yeah. Well, he's out the next three games with an injury. I mean, they're just horrible. 
Yes. That is a very apt way to describe that. The Carolina Panthers head to Tampa Bay to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bovada has the Bucks minus nine. Ooh. Big number. Big love for, for the for the Bucks. I I like the Panthers to cover that. I don't think the Panthers are bad at all. No. Like their defense looks pretty crappy, <laughs> but you know, and you expect this to be a little bit of a get right game for Tampa, but I didn't see anything from that offense that tells me like, okay, this is a team ready to blow out an average team or even slightly below average team like Carolina is. So um, I think you're going to see more growing pains out of Tom Brady and those guys, although this defense is definitely right for the picking. But I, it seems like a big number, doesn't it? So I, I like the Panthers there. My brain says these two teams just played each other because they both played last night, but I know that's not the case. The Denver Broncos head to Pittsburgh <laughs> to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bovada has the Steelers minus 7.5. Mm, man, that's seems about right. I mean, Von Miller being out is such a dagger yeah, for that is. defense. And, I, I, like, I did not see anything from Drew Locke to um, basically check the box that everyone was checking this offseason locally. That was right. like, oh, Drew Locke's taking the leap this year. No Cortland Sutton, there. though. No Cortland Sutton, that's fair. And Jerry Judy looked phenomenal, mm. by the way. As did Noah Fant, who looks like he made a massive second-year step. He's, he's looking like one of the best, you know, leaps in terms of value of any – fantasy player really and um but yeah i mean i uh, I, without Cortland sutton it just feels like a definite loss and even with him playing in pittsburgh against that defense that front i know that the giants don't have a good offensive line but they just i mean daniel jones had zero time they even throw a ball so that defense is only going to get better i i mean steelers seem like a really really good team and certainly a contender in the afc the detroit lions head to green bay to take on the green bay packers Packers minus six at Bavada. All right. So we did this last week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again. I don't get the line for the Packers. I know that they're, you know, they're not, they're not the team that they maybe their record showed them to be last year, but what more could they have done in week one? Like how, how much better could they have possibly looked? And yeah. Like, especially if Kenny Galladay is not playing, I just don't see how the Lions keep up with this offense at Lambeau, even with or without fans. Like, and the Lions don't have, you know, Darius Slay's obviously gone. They don't, Akuda's out, was out week one. I don't see, like, and Justin Coleman's on IR as well. So <laughs> I, I, like, I don't see how they guard the Packers. And then if, if let's say that their offense is able to score on Green Bay, which is possible, like, how, how do they keep up? I mean, I think this is, like, one of the locks of the week. I love the Packers here. Let's see if you've gotten any sharper since week one. The over-under for this game. <sighs> oh, okay. Um, let's say... Forty-five and a half. <laughs> you, I'm gonna give you a second guess. Oh, okay. Uh, so that means it's low. Let's say forty-eight and a half. There you go. Forty-nine is the line. Oh. So it was a one strike, but that's that's okay. That's okay. You got there, and that's all that matters in the end is, okay. is where we finish, not where we start, aren't you? Sometimes I need a little kick, you know, like I can't do it on my own. I need a, I need a little help from you. Hey, so I appreciate that, that is that is my sole purpose on this earth <laughs> to help you with lines. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, the Los Angeles Rams head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Bovada has those Eagles plus one and a half. Ooh. No love for the Eagles with the home dog situation. They don't deserve it. I love for the Rams. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know 
I, I like getting Lane Johnson back is definitely going to help. And, you know, hopefully they get Miles Sanders as well at anything remotely resembling his standard state. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if those two guys are back, I'll say I, I really like the Eagles to win that game. And I, I, like I said, I'm a bit, I'm all over the Rams this year, but, um, you know, it's, it's, they need to have both those guys back. Cause if their line plays the way they did like last week, Aaron Donald's going to have like seven sacks. Yeah, the other guy who has been out and we just haven't really been hearing a lot about is Javon Hargrave, the Eagles' big acquisition this mm-hmm. offseason. Oh, yeah. And, you know, putting him next to Fletcher is that's that's something. But, uh, and Malik Jackson had a good first week, but in fairness. That trio is yeah. a very good one, but getting Hargrave back is going to be huge. I just wish we were Graham hearing. Too. Yeah, Graham's Curry's hurt. But hey, Josh Sweat, as we established, the second best defensive player in the NFL right now. So we can always fall back on Josh Sweat when the other guys are out. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, this game concerns me. That's all I'm going to say. The mm-hmm. Minnesota Vikings head to Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts. Bavada has the Colts minus three. Love the Colts here. I think the Colts are – I just don't get what happened there last week. Um, you know, they had the lead, squandered it. I Watching the Vikings, like I, I just – they're – young corners are so bad. It's so unlike yeah. Mike Zimmer to have corners that are that poor. And it wasn't like, you know, some of it's obviously playing against Rodgers and Adams, but a lot of it is like Holton Hill is starting, mm. you know, like that's, that's just not going to do it. And yeah. glad me too. I mean, they're, they're going to be major growing pains. And um, I think that the Colts are well positioned to exploit those. So I, I'm all about the Colts. I think that last week was a complete fluke for them to lose. I never got the Gladney hype, especially with a, mm-hmm. a guy, another guy whose hype I didn't get. AJ Terrell ascending as the draft got closer. I don't know how Gladney ended up being a first-round pick. I thought his value was somewhere in two, but you know, mm-hmm. cornerbacks are valuable things. It's just apparently uh, CJ Henderson was like the best rookie shut last down. Week. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. I, I was uh, I was reading the rookie report earlier, and yeah, apparently just outstanding from. Uh, how he played in Jacksonville, and that's surprising. You know, another guy who really ascended leading up to the draft to where he was basically shoulder to shoulder with Akuda for a while. Yeah, man, yeah. it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Deservedly so, after one week at least. Yeah, be interesting to see how Akuda plays because he struggled in camp and struggled badly. Um, Ooh, that's surprising. We shall see. The New York Football Giants head to Chicago to take on the Chicago Bears. And Bavada has the Bears minus four and a half. Oh man, that should be three. I like the Giants. I like we were saying. I mean, this Giants offensive line. I, I can't tell if it was how bad the line was or just how damn good Watt and Dupree and all those guys are at that on mm-hmm. that Pittsburgh front. Um, but they looked so overmatched and just outmanned. And um, I I thought Danny Dimes looked damn good like i thought that when he yeah. had a little even a little bit of time he looked in complete command like really putting the ball in the money seemed to be shockingly in sync with whatever jason garrett was calling um and you know his weapons aren't great and by the way their running game was so freaking bad i mean that was <laughs> oh my god what, saquon terrible eight, eight carries for like negative seven yards to start mm-hmm. i mean it was and it was worse than that like it, it was so bad and so I think that, you know, they'll, they'll obviously have more room to run here, but the Bears aren't that much of a drop-off in terms of, a, like, a pretty nasty front. So, um, yeah, I mean, they need to get that short up, but I, I do think that the Giants are, are in a good spot to cover there because I, I think they're basically the exact same as the Bears. 
I meant to bring this up when we were talking about these guys earlier. Did you uh, did you watch the college football this weekend? Did you get to watch the Clemson game at all? I did. I did watch some of the Clemson game. Can I tell you what? That first of all, Trevor Lawrence is just an unbelievable prospect. Even even though that Wake Forest team not great, but best quarterback prospect I've ever seen. Period. Yeah, certainly up there. Can I tell you though? I was, and this is we'll call this a hot take here. I was super impressed by Sam Hartman. I thought he mm. was so wildly overmatched. And like we forget, he had two balls that should have been touchdowns that were dropped by his terrible yep. receiving core. Like, I saw th- that, yeah. This game weirdly could have looked a lot different. He was tough. He stayed in the pocket. Like he's I'm just saying Sam Hartman is he's pretty great. Is a guy worth watching for the future. He's you know, he's not he's only a sophomore right now. But I think this is I think this is a football player moving forward. I, I really do. I'm a Sam Hartman fan. He won my uh, won my respect and admiration against that Clemson team. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. You know, sometimes when you watch a game like that where it's so obviously about one guy or one side of the ball, totally ignore the other one. And um, yeah, I, I thought he acquitted himself pretty nicely. I I don't mind Sam Hartman at all. It'll be a it'll be a name to watch in the next few years. And by the way, how wildly unfair that uh, in this game where Clemson so o- already overmatches Wake Forest, they get to keep Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, and Wake Forest loses Jamie Newman and Sage Surratt. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. I mean, that's the difference between a team that has a chance to win a championship and uh, one that obviously doesn't. Yes, and uh, poor Clemson here. It's not going to be a good year for you, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. They're going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah, the, I think so. The, oh, where are we at? The uh, San Francisco 49ers head to New York to take on the New York football Jets. Bavada has the Jets plus seven. Oh, man. That's it? Yeah, not enough. <laughs> not enough. I mean, I don't care if George Kittle doesn't play. I don't care if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play. Like it, <laughs> I agree. It, <laughs> the Niners should be a 10-point favorites against the Jets anywhere, anytime. And, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I don't think that the Niners are as nearly the team that they were last year, and that's not just from one week. Uh, we talked about it for a couple of weeks now, um, but that's you know that this is the worst team in football against a, a legitimate championship contender. So you you know which direction we're going in. Gardner Minshew and those Jacksonville Jaguars head to Tennessee to take on Ryan Tannehill in the Tennessee Titans. Bavada has the Titans minus nine. Ooh, no it's love big. for our guy. The it's a big man, one. Right? That's tough. I don't know if I like that. Um, I don't know if I like that at all. I, I like the, the Jaguars. That's that's a big number. And I think that, again, we talked about it, but like Minshew, whatever they've got going on, I like it seems to they've got the vibe a little bit. I know mm-hmm. that it was like could have been just one week, whatever. But, you know, first of all, I think Jay Gruden's a pretty good play caller Agreed. and schemer um, in general. And so like that could has a potential to make a real difference for them. And second of all, like, I just, man, like, they've, they, they're not a terrible team. They're not nearly no. as bad as, uh, the sum of their parts is not as bad as each of those individual parts, right? Like, yeah, so, right, right, right. Um, I like, I, I, I think that the Jaguars absolutely can cover. And by the way, not impressed with the Titans in Denver mm-hmm. at all. No, no, they played over their heads last year and they're going to come back to earth this season. I agree. The Washington football team, 1-0 and and alone in first place in the NFC East, travels to Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Ooh. Bavada has the Cardinals minus seven. Yeah, that seems exactly like what the line should be. Um, yeah, and I like the Cardinals. I just, like, if you're thinking of 
which side of this is likelier to uh, be sustainable after week one. I'll take the side, you know, both of them played pretty injury, like pretty played teams after in week one, mm-hmm. but um, it feels to me like the, the Cardinals are a little bit more legit and, I, I oh, think yeah. that they'll just be better equipped to handle that front for Washington and score more than uh, than the Eagles were. So I I like I love the Cardinals actually there. I agree with you. The Baltimore Ravens head to Houston to take on the Houston Texans. Bavada has the Texans minus seven, uh, plus seven. Sorry, plus ooh, seven. Ooh, ooh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, a couple extra days is just going to be nice. But man, no rest for the weary there. No. Huh? The Watson starts the season with Mahomes and then Jackson. Yeah, uh, not not easy. Not easy, and not going to go one and one. I, I'm, I think this Ravens team, man, I like. I might have been a little off on that. They look amazing, uh, at least against the Browns week mm-hmm. one. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You watched that Browns game, so I'm interested. What do you think Dobbins is going to be like their guy by midseason? Because it feels like he got a lot of the value touches from uh, from Ingram. Yeah, hard to really take too much from a game that wasn't very competitive, very long. But mm. Dobbins is Dobbins a hell of a football player. This is a second round pick yep. running back. Obviously, they have big plans for him, and I, I he's definitely going to challenge Mark Ingram for touches. I think I think they know that Ingram's prone to getting banged up a little bit, so mm-hmm. Dobbins provides a, a great backup, a little handcuff there on the offense. I think it's going to be you know a two headed thing by the time we get to the latter part of the season. Mm. Okay, so like young Kamara type with like with Ingram, basically. Well, yes, only the, the Dobbins is going to get carries where Alvin Kamara is uh, an offensive weapon. Mm, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, boy, they if they can just get like a and Mark Andrews looks like that second kind of target for for Lamar Jackson. Oh, that's great. Hollywood yeah. stepped up. Yeah. Yeah. The scary part is Lamar Jackson took a step. It looks like. Yeah. Oh my God. That's. That's the weird thing. Like when you're thinking of, you know, this coming year, you're kind of thinking like, all right, well, Lamar Jackson couldn't. It was just sort of an implicit thing that no one talked about that. Of course, Lamar Jackson is going to regress a little. But what yeah. if he just keeps getting better because he's so young and raw, you know, like mm-hmm. if that's that's the wild piece. And he looked in full and total command last last week, just like he did all of last year. Yeah, no, he is uh, he is going to challenge for that MVP should he stay healthy. There's no question about yeah, that. Agreed. The Kansas City Chiefs, talking about Mahomes earlier, head to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. Although we'll see, depending on how the air is. We just mm-hmm. had the Giants Mariners game postponed tonight uh, because of air quality issues. The why not just play those games like somewhere else? I mean, you're not going to have fans anyway. Like, just play the game in like. I don't know, Arizona, somewhere just slightly west. You know, like, there's no shortage of stadiums yeah. to play the games in, and you don't have fans anyway, so why not just turn on the lights and put them out there? Right, and SoFi is weird, too, because it, it's they have a roof, but they have the open sides, so yeah. the air is still an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And by the way, man, I need to get out there at some point. That that place looks amazing. Oh, my God. That is easily uh, the best stadium like I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> it it's, inc- incredible. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the new Dallas stadium opened, and we're like, oh, this is going to be the greatest stadium forever. <laughs> and it's just it doesn't even compare. No. Nope. Um, yeah, I don't know. Your question is a, is a fair one. It seems like maybe obvi- obviously it's not necessarily fair by just having them play in Kansas City, but no finding finding a neutral site. Who cares? It can like it can be any enclosed football stadium where the field is good enough. It doesn't matter. 
I mean, it can still be West. You can still have the, you already have a crowd noise demo, right? Just send that guy yeah. out or whatever. And I, yeah. like it's not, there's chiefs would still have to travel. Yeah. Chiefs still have to travel, have, have it a little closer to the chargers and go from there. Like, I, I just don't understand some of this and like, you know, that air quality, I, you can obviously speak to it much better than I can, but that's, it doesn't seem healthy <laughs> at all to be playing games out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Las Vegas is going to play at home on Monday night. Why not just, uh, why not just play in Vegas instead? Yeah, there you go, back to back. I'm sure they, they've got him opened up anyway. Take advantage of it. But uh, exactly, yeah, it's, exactly right. Don't get it. Don't get it. Uh, did we pick? Did you pick this game? No, I didn't hear the line. Sorry. Uh, Chargers plus nine. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think that the Chargers. They're, they've got a good pass rush but they're that's a work in progress with taylor and lynn which is surprising because they've been together in the past but um i think that yeah that's going to be they should have scored more than 16 on that bengals defense in my mind and so Mm -hmm. uh yeah i think that the chiefs are are in for a blowout yeah tarod taylor seemed focused on mike williams over everyone else on that team and good for mike williams bad for hunter henry keenan allen and the gang well, Austin Eckler, like, Eckler zero passes. Like, it seems like, I don't know if I remember this from Buffalo, but it seems like Taylor is not someone who's going to be passing a lot to his running back. So, um, you know, if you were drafting Austin Eckler in, like, a PPR league, you're probably not super excited right now. That's an understatement. The <laughs> New England Patriots head to Seattle, probably game of the week, I would say, uh, to, for, what do we got, Sunday night football, Seattle, minus four at Bavada. Yeah, I, I mean, if if the Seahawks are really letting Russ cook this year, it is going to be a thing because his numbers from week one, even against what seems to be a pretty bad Atlanta secondary, you know, mm. that's about as good of a game as you can possibly have. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to deny what the Seahawks are. Interested to hear how that stadium is without fans. Yeah, it's going to be very eerie. Um, so, but you know, they're. I, I, I like their mix of weapons this year a lot. And if they're passing more, I, I think that the Seahawks are a very, very scary team. Aren't you? I'm confused. The Falcons have first round pick cornerback AJ Terrell. Why aren't they better? <laughs> Terrell, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Terrell that's, Owens has broken my brain. That's a question for Dan Quinn, who just, I have no idea how long, how his leash is. Just, it's un, undeniable. It's, it never ends. It never mm. ends. Our final game of the week, the New Orleans Saints head to Las Vegas to take on those Las Vegas Raiders. Bavada has the Raiders plus seven. This feels like one of those games where, like, Gruden's chomping and running around on the sideline and, like, things are going, like, you know, they just play above their heads. So I like the Raiders to come wow. here. I, I I was not overly, we, talk, we opened the week talking about the Saints. Mm-hmm. I was not super super impressed with them and i know it just seemed to have come very easily to them to score 34 against the bucks but um i think that this raiders team has got like you know they've got a little continuity going they've got a lot of exciting pieces offensively um they seem to be using rugs a lot right away a lot more than i expected i thought rugs would take a lot longer to get going but you know this is a team that's going to kill the ball with Jacobs as much as they can mm. and you know not try to like spread it out and bomb it all over the place so I think that that's a good recipe to staying in the game and covering a seven point spread against a team like the Saints 
Yeah, Ruggs got five targets, had that the big catch early for 40, three catches for 55. And uh, you're absolutely right. Darren, Darren Waller continues to uh, to step up, six catches for 45 yards. I think the one concern maybe is that I believe Brian Edwards was the other wide receiver, uh, starting wide receiver, a guy that both of us really liked in the draft. One yeah. target for one catch, nine yards, need to... Uh, look, I'm just saying those are, th- those are J.J. Ortega Whiteside numbers, except for <laughs> Edwards actually had a catch. So I get, in that sense, good for him, but you need to produce more as a starting wide receiver. Yeah, agreed. Especially against uh, you know a Panthers pretty woeful Panthers secondary. Yeah, I agree. I know Hunter Renfro's their other piece. Obviously, he got a bunch of targets, but gotta gotta get Brian Edwards the ball more. I think that you'll see that this week. And the uh, pa- the Panthers only gave tw- uh, twenty six touches to Christian McCaffrey week one against the Raiders. So week. it really uh, week. really showed restraint there. They did. They did totally use him as like an actual running back, though, yeah. which is odd because you know after having seen years of him being used as this, you know, this hybrid thing, now he's back to kind of like Stanford McCaffrey mm-hmm. at least for one week, and that was it was odd to see, but obviously still very effective. I'll tell you what this uh, this Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, McCaffrey combo there. That's some some interesting pieces on offense for the, yeah. the Panthers. Samuel Curtis yeah. Curtis Samuel absolutely. Yeah, they. Yeah. They're really interesting. I agree. I and by the way, I thought that Bridgewater looked really like spry. Like mm-hmm. you know, I think of him both in Minnesota and New Orleans as kind of like a drop back, really a drop back passer, and obviously in college too. But he was running around a lot more, and he looked very loose. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, I think that they, you know Joe Brady running that offense is going to be that's going to be a fun thing to watch. I know they didn't pull it out, but I'm I'm definitely interested to see how they evolve over the course of the year. Yeah, the only year Bridgewater played all 16 only ran for 192 yards. So that's mm. it's not been an element of his game, but if uh, if they think they can use it, then why the hell not? Yeah, man, he like he looked good. He did he looked stronger and more athletic and yeah, I think that uh, the pandemic did him good actually. Yeah. Like I think that he looked he looks really really strong. And you got to be happy for Bridgewater too. One of the good guys for in football sure. finally gets his chance, finally healthy. Just hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's definitely someone I think most of us probably root for. So I'm a, I'm a big fan, and uh, hopefully it continues this week. I don't know if it will, but yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this episode of The Underdog. For Anshu Khanna, I'm Chris Horwadell. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.